Hello everyone, welcome to yet another episode of the Busy Podcast where we talk about the behind the scenes of the creative industry and today's guest is um, Olivier, he is a video maker and business owner, he has a kind of a production company that works with um, clients in the more corporate world. Is this a good introduction Olivier, maybe you can introduce better yourself? Um, I, I guess you, you kind of like nailed it. Uh, I, what can I say? Um, I'm, so my name is Olivier. I, I am originally from Paris in France. I was born and raised, uh, there and I've been living in Berlin for about six or seven years now. And I am indeed a video producer. Uh, I started my own business about a year and a half ago. Uh, and I work mostly on corporate and educational content uh, for clients, as you said, uh, which are mostly companies um, operating in the tech industry and the startup ecosystem, uh, which are my kind of like target as a, as a business. Um, so I guess, yeah, for a quick presentation today, that's what I can say. Yes, perfect. I love it. Um, so before we get to where you are today, um, which is you own a company and is like a kind of a production company that you own. Um, let's talk about like the journey to get here. Like when did you start getting involved with video? Um, why, where, where did you, how was your path, your journey from picking up the camera the first time until, yeah, you, you ended up here in Berlin owning your own production company? Uh, that, that's a long journey, uh, but I'll try to not be too long. But it started during my studies, and I was studying economics and management, so something completely different, you could say, um, in a university in Paris. And during those studies, I was also part of a, a student TV channel, um, a bit randomly. It was like very um, common to be part of associations during your studies. And I picked up that one because I found it like interesting and cool. Uh, and at that time, I was, uh, I have to, to say, uh, interested in journalism. I was like, okay, well, among the associations I have here in this university, maybe the video one could be something close to what I want to do one day. And I started to get involved in that uh, association TV channel. And I started to learn how to film, to edit, to organize small events for the student life in our university. <coughs> sorry and and also some like we called it like the tv shows which was not like real tv shows it was more like um you know like uh, small programs for the students sometimes covering events for the that were organized by the university but it was mostly about having fun around those events i made like very very good friends there um and actually after our studies most of us who were part of this like group of people um, started a career in the audiovisual, let's say, um, uh, industry. Some wanted to work in, in more like for feature movies, so the cinema industry. Some ended up in the TV industry. Some went more um, in on the digital, you know, side of things. Uh, but still today, uh, many years later, I, I have a lot of friends coming from that, uh, um, you know, like group of friends, TV channel who are still, like me, working in, in that industry. So that's where it started. Mm -hmm. And we liked it so much, uh, especially with two of my friends, 
that right after our studies, we decided to try to continue uh, to do some videos, but professionally. And we decided to start a company out of the blue, I could say, because we had like barely a network, no experience. Um, and we were just young and we didn't really have like too many responsibilities. So we were like, okay, let's give it a try. After all, we're only 22, 23, but let's just do it. And so with two of them, so we were three, we started a s small production company that was doing pretty much everything we could. Uh, so, and that's where we really learned about, you know, the, the job. And we, we produced like some short movies, some music videos, uh, some uh, interviews and more corporate content for clients um, in our small networks. And that's how it started. And then progressively, we started to, to produce some web series, uh, some commercials, like web commercials, a few TV commercials. And the projects got bigger and bigger. And we started to pay ourselves because at the beginning, it was just like I was working in a restaurant uh, on the side for more than a year uh, until we started to earn a bit of a living out of this and in the end it worked uh, and it was never a big company but um, I so I was there for about seven years um, in this production company that was called Camarilla Productions by the way I forgot to to mention it doesn't exist anymore but um, it was a kind of our, our baby and during those seven years I was mostly um, managing the, the, the company itself uh, and the team and the projects and the interface with the clients. And also because we were so small, I was also a bit hands-on and I was uh, also filming and editing from time to time on some projects. But that, I would say that phase of my career was really where I learned everything. Like the at university, it was more like falling in love with video production. It's like, oh, this is so cool to have a camera and actually build something, create something out of this. And then with this like small company, I started with my two friends. It was just like, okay, this is actually maybe could be a real, you know, job, a real career. And uh, we make a bit of money out of it and we can have a decent life with that. So that's where it really started. Um, and that's only the first phase. I realized I'm gonna <laughs> be faster. No, um, no, take your time. Yeah. here to like. Okay. Um, after those like seven years of uh, producing a bit of everything, like trying things out, getting experience on various types of contents for various types of clients, um, two of us uh, actually decided to um, um, leave uh, to get some new experiences. Uh, on my side, I was not that I thought that I had like seen everything, but I was like, okay, we are in our small bubble. It kind of works. It's cool. But I think at that time I, I wanted to try to work on bigger projects. And at that time I was very at attracted by the TV market and projects like um, drama series and documentaries. And with our own production company, it was actually very difficult to reach uh, this, this this kind of projects because we were identified as a small production company, uh, uh, very good for small projects, um, brand content, corporate films and things like that. Uh, we had a bit of success with one or two short movies, but not more. And like the, I think like it, 
the different markets are really sometimes you know siloed and going from this market to i don't know tv market or to go into the feature movie market is actually very difficult as as a business and so i decided to try and do it as an individual and so i, I left the company and i started to uh, freelance as a line producer um, that was more my specialty i was more into organizing uh, taking care of the budget the hiring process of the crew um, uh, handling the relationship with the director, the actors, and uh, the technical crew. And so I started to uh, make new contacts on the TV market. And, and soon I got my first projects on documentaries and drama series. And that's what I did for about three years. Um, all of that was still in France at that time, in Paris. Uh, France is a very centralized country, so everything is happening in Paris, kind of, especially in that industry. Um, and I worked for a few um, broadcasters and production companies on some very interesting projects for several months. Uh, like each project was like a long-term project. And I did that for about three years with like ups and downs, like between projects, your like typical life of a freelancer, you're like a bit uh, helpless during one month or two months. And you're like, oh my God, uh, how am I going to, you know, make it through the, the end of the year? And then, boom, there's a new project that comes and you're busy for the next six months. Um, and I think even even though I really like the projects I worked on, some were very interesting, some documentaries or uh, even some drama series um, uh, in terms of um, the scale of the project, in terms of the people I was able to to meet with. But it's also very um training uh being a line producer managing a whole project uh being the center of um basically all the problems that can happen during a production and being the person having to solve those problems uh, as you are also managing the uh, the people which means also the egos of people uh managing the money issues um, i think after three years of that i was pretty exhausted and i was probably a bit close to burnout at some point and that's when i decided to take a break um and and maybe yeah reassess a bit like okay at, at that time i was working in the industry for 10 years roughly i was like okay maybe 10 years is like a, a good moment to take a break um and at like on a more personal level i think i was also a bit fed up with paris and my um, social environment um, and I decided to take a break but also take a break from Paris and I decided to um, leave to uh, for, for a few months and to go to Berlin um, initially it was just like really once again to just take a break explore a new city a new environment um, and you know maybe with a like some fresh air, reconsider everything and, and come back a few months later with like fresh ideas and a new, maybe new desires and things like that. But I actually fell in love with Berlin uh, for many reasons, but that's another topic, uh, maybe another podcast for that. <laughs> but I fell in love with this city, definitely. And I decided to stay and try to continue um, my journey uh, here, which was not easy because I... It was a new country, a new city. I didn't almost didn't know an, anybody when I arrived, and I didn't speak German, which which is not so much of a problem in a way, uh, but 
still problematic. Um, but I freelance, I continued to freelance a bit for a few months. I still had a few clients in, in France um, and I made some new contacts here in Berlin. Um, but I was, I had the feeling that because I was already in a sort of like unstable environment with everything so new around me, I thought it was the right moment for me to take on like a full-time position in a company and, and, and be an employee for the first time of my life, uh, for real. And I got a, s a great opportunity to work for a tech company here in, in Berlin, a big tech company that hired me as uh, their in-house video producer. And that was very good for me because it was a sort of combination of my previous experiences uh, because I was um, filming and editing some, some projects, but also producing in the sense that I was supervising people we were hiring, freelancers or video agencies for some projects. So for almost five years, I was in-house video producer in a tech company here in Berlin. And I also learned a lot about the, the, the this industry that I didn't really know before, uh, the startup ecosystem that is so dynamic here in Berlin that I was not familiar with. And at the same time, I, I was still, um, I, I think I, I was improving my skills in terms of filming and editing um, and focusing on um, specific types of content uh, that are produced a lot in the tech industry. Um, uh, customer testimonials, for example, product presentations, uh, highlights videos for events or empl employer branding videos, things like that, things that are more corporate or um, educational. And um, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I met a ton of super interesting people, uh, experts in their field that I had to interview, um, discovered like new products that were really like, you know, like uh, ahead of the curve in, in many uh, industries. Like the company I was working for uh, was operating, for example, in the autonomous driving uh, area, um, artificial intelligence, 3D mapping, things like that. And all of that, I, I was really, I think, I, I could feel that I was at the right place at the right time uh, in terms of the type of content I was producing. Um, the jobs, I, the job I had, sorry, uh, which was a, a good mix of um, hands-on filming editing, but also more strategic thinking and managing projects and teams on a project base with external resources. Uh, and I loved it. And I did that for five years until not so long ago. So that's the last phase of my journey. Uh, this this um, video agency or video studio um, that I that I started to that I founded a year and a half ago. After those five years in that company, I think I, like I said, I really enjoyed everything. But I could feel that deep inside, I wanted to go back to the independent side of things, as I call it. Uh, not that I didn't like working for, for a company, but I think maybe there's um, um, yeah, some, something that is deeply ingrained you know, in, in, in myself that wants to be independent. And uh, that's what I decided to, to leave the company and start my own thing, which is called The Good Angle. Thank you very much for sharing your journey. Um, very interesting experiences in a wide variety of industries. 
Um, and one thing I wanted to touch um, that many people might not fully understand what kind of a producer or a line of producer is, because I wanted to get more into how the business relates to this. But um, if people, yeah, just to give a bit of context, what exactly a producer and line producer does, what are the responsibilities, because, yeah, just to make these connections with the business world, I think it would be nice for people don't fully understand, get an, an idea of what a producer does, and then we can link these to, to the current job as well. Sure, and and uh, you're right, it's an important question, and this is something I realized when I moved to Berlin and when I started to work with people coming from uh, other countries, that actually th the word producer can have a different meaning from one country to another. Uh, for example, in France, when you use the word producer, it's clearly the project manager, you could say, who's like taking care of the um, um, organi organizational part, sorry, and the budget and the hiring process of the team and the money. If it's like, for example, a movie, like the person who is like seeking for the, the, the money. Um, whereas in other countries, a video producer is actually the person who is like taking his camera or her camera and uh, going to film something and edit uh, afterwards. So it's like really different. Um, so when I was talking about being a producer, um, I was more talking about like the French, you know, meaning uh, behind it, which is probably translated as a line producer or sometimes executive producer in other countries. So I was really taking care. I was the interface between, for example, a broadcaster or a client uh, and the crew and the director and the actors, depending on, on, on the project, um, managing the budget, managing the deadlines, managing the organization and logistics of the whole project. That's what a producer is in, in my definition of it. Yeah, it's funny. I like if you draw a comparison, it's a lot of like kind of what the CEO, the executive thing is. Is also the producer is like uh, as you're saying. You, if you're in a film, you have to ask for funding. Um, you have to go to like fundraise, and and if you like, if you draw this connection, it's a lot of the executive tasks mm -hmm. that the kind of CEO kind of takes running a business like a normal business. But if you consider a film as a business, the, the executive producer is this kind of the CEO that is trying to raise the money to get a film made, doing all the hiring, managing all the, the leadership, being the, the director, the casting executive or like the, the casting um, person. And, and yeah, I, I just wanted to, to also make the people understand because... I, video producer especially when you add the video part mm -hmm. it means like i'm a video producer because usually i'm a one-man band so in this case you're kind of a producer as well because you're doing all the job yourself you have to talk to the client you have to manage your budget if you want to hire other freelancers to help you with the job this is also your job so you're kind of taking the executive kind of role um on this one video that you need to create mm -hmm. so i think like it's not about the meaning itself is how people understand because when you say video producer it's like okay he's a video maker mm -hmm. like the, this this the, the line between a video maker and a video producer is not very well understood but when you go to films 
people have already a way better understanding. Or if like bigger commercials, they have a better understanding that the producer is the guy who manages all the client expectations, the client budget, where the budget's gonna be, if we need like one more day, if we can have one more day or shooting, if something goes wrong or not. All these decisions is kind of the producer's decision, he's managing everything. Um, and this is what is what what I wanted to ask next is like even though like you went you worked a lot producing uh, it's way more on the business side than on the creative side of course your your part integral part of the creative process but your day by day tests are not much like mood boarding or storyboarding so you take more of the let's take care about the money and that the thing can be done in the time frame that we get how this help you to now moving to the corporate world understand your clients because your clients they have this like they probably are making a video because they want to hire somebody or because they want to you know um, ask money if they're doing like fundraising video so you've been there right so how does this help now moving into this more corporate board link this past experience with the current work that you do well i think um it's right like like my job today uh, has like really two uh, facets the business side and the technical slash creative side uh, the technical and creative side i learned it throughout you know my whole journey um how to film how to edit um how to do some basic graphic design and things like that this is uh, i didn't do any school for that i learned it like in the process um, step by step project after project for the management slash business side of things first of all this is what i study uh, as i told you like i did like uh, i have a master's degree uh, in economics and management so that was like kind of like laying the foundation for all that and then i think my previous experience here in berlin working for a big tech company uh, taught me a lot of how a company works what does a client expect how the corporate world uh, works what is the chain of command in a typical company between the project manager up until the the ceo or a top executive in a company and what are the yeah the expectations of a of a client and i think today that i'm sort of in between those two worlds creative technical corporate those experiences uh, allow me to you know find my way throughout this uh um, i wouldn't say like um uh, it's, it's not like a, a jungle, but, but almost, you could say. Yeah, um, yeah, very interesting. Um, another question more related to like understanding the business side that I wanted to make is many people focus on the technical and creative side, right? But if you want to actually make a living, making a career, make a business out of this passion or art that you want to put out, you kind of have to understand and have to learn a lot of the business part. Because in the end, the client doesn't really care how beautiful it looks or how well composed a shot is, uh, especially in this more corporate world. It, it just cares if the message is delivered, what is the message that is delivered, 
and if this is going to convey the message that they want to attract more customers to uh, yeah serve a certain purpose right so how important do you think is for creatives to study and understand this more business side of the whole creative business well i mean you you kind of like um said it in a way like it really depends on the type of content as you said like if if you're talking about i think on one extreme is like a feature movie which is the artistic um, piece of content by excellence and on the other side of the spectrum um, i don't know an interview of a ceo for a corporate film um, this is as much you know like diverse it can get um, on one side th the people who are working on a feature movie they are technicians or artists and they don't need to understand that much the business side of things because there are people taking care of that executive producers producers distributors uh, agents and things like that on the other side of the spectrum in the corporate um, content world let's say uh, usually it's much smaller projects uh, much less people involved and so the p those people who are involved they need to understand all all sides of the the project the artistic, technical side of things, but also the business and corporate side of things. And it's sometimes difficult, but the good thing is that because you have to uh, be able to, you know, like juggle uh, all aspects, you don't have to be a, a very high-skilled specialist of this or that aspect of the creative and technical side of things. Um, where for a feature movie, if you want to work on a feature movie, you have to be the best in class in a certain, like, you know, uh, art, light, sound, uh, makeup, um, whatever it is. Uh, the projects I work on, I do a bit of everything. So I'm probably not the, you know, the best um, videographer or editor, or producer, or whatever you want to call it, but I know enough to make a corporate film uh, because as you said the expectations are not as high in terms of the um, you know the quality of the image or the quality of the sound it needs to be clean it needs to be uh, professional uh, but that's enough for this type of content uh, and it's on the same uh, on the same uh, level the corporate and business it's it's the same it doesn't have to be like a budget for a corporate film it's not as complex and big as a feature movie. So you need to understand some basics uh, about how the a budget works, uh, of course, and you need to know a bit like, understand like Excel sheets and how a bank account works and a bit of like bookkeeping so that at the end of the year, you're not completely overwhelmed or have bad surprises. But these are things you can learn with throughout, you know, like experiences, various experiences you can have. Um, you can also take classes, you know, and trainings for that. And are more and more companies, actually startups, <coughs> sorry, who do that for you and who teach you how to um, create and then run your own small business. But I think it's just if you are um, operating in that industry, um, I think nowadays all the tools exist uh, to learn, whether it's on the technical, artistic side of things, the budget, financing, um, or just managing, management, pure management part of thing, you can learn it. Um, so that's one possibility. 
And the other one is, uh, which is actually what I did when I started my journey, is to actually partner with people who, who bring uh, on the table skills that you don't have. Typically, my very first company after my studies, uh, the two friends I started the company with, they were more uh, directors and editors. They actually dropped university uh, to do a cinema school. I continued university until the end, and at the end of our studies, we just like joined our forces to, to start a company. That's another way to do it. Yeah, perfect. I love the, the complementary skills. Um, and I think this is another um, question um, I wanted to lead into, is that right now you're kind of starting a new business, so you're probably doing everything yourself. But imagine now that you go back to that first um, first business you had, that you start growing, and then it comes a point that to grow, you're probably going to be the bottleneck of the business if you want to try to do everything yourself, right? Um I'm interested, what would you be kind of your first hire and how would you go about your first hire? I'm thinking this more also when people start freelancing and they see that the, the freelance is starting to go well, they might need to you know, outsource something, not because they don't want, because if they want to try to do everything, it's going to limit the number of clients, for example, they can get. So if someone is in this kind of plateau that they feel that they need to hire someone to help them with the work. Um, I'm interested in what would you be like your first hire. This, I think, it's more of a personal question. And how would you go about thinking what would you hire first? And this is more like of a meta question that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a good question because it's actually a question I'm asking uh, myself every day at the moment. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be at this like stage of the development of the business where I have... I'm starting to have enough incoming projects to be a little bit overwhelmed and um, and and start to consider hiring someone. Um, and I think in my line of business, with the background I have, my DNA is more on the producing and managing you know side of things. Even though I love to film and edit. Uh, for my clients and I hope I will be able to continue doing that at least from time to time um, but today I work on a project base with freelancers uh, so either I uh, handle uh, projects by myself from you know really A to Z when I cannot or when I need uh, more people I hire freelancers on a project base and now I'm reaching the point where it's actually even though in the background, in on the managing si side of things, um, I might need some help. So I think probably my first hire, to answer your question, would be um, uh, someone who's a project manager, who can, um, you know, like take care of projects that I don't have enough time to take care of, or just help me with all the projects I'm, I'm managing. Um, and the second possibility that I'm also considering is an editor, because I have uh, more and more projects that require some you know post-production time and maybe some someone who would be a bit like versatile in post-production so editing maybe a bit of motion design a someone able to also do a, a little bit of like audio mixing and polishing things like that uh, those are my yeah thoughts at the moment 
And yeah, going back to the broader question, um, why would you decide of the project managers? Like, what are the things that you think someone should consider when they are thinking on bringing help? Because as you said, for you, it's a project manager or an editor, but maybe somebody like I really like editing. So, what what do you think should be the thoughts of someone on this position uh, in order to make a decision? On, on who to hire um, good question I think it it it's basically it's maybe uh, based your decision might be based on like the, the type of role that you're considering um, typically a director or a videographer um, is, is, is a freelancer um, um, kind of role and almost all the videographers I know uh, all the directors I met they don't want to be um, they would not like to be hired on a permanent basis uh, by a company because they want to be free they want to be able to work for any client on any kind of project and not be stuck in, in an organization whatever the organization is uh, because then you you cannot like choose your projects um, when it comes to post-production editing uh, as you mentioned it's a, a slightly different because i think uh, some editors sometimes work for a very long time on a project for example it's a documentary or uh, some fiction it can take a very long time or as it's a more you know like a settle um, type of job uh, behind a computer in a dark room I think editors in general have less problems uh, being hired on a permanent basis by 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 someone, and and when it comes to project managers, well, it's obvious that it's very difficult to work on a project base. I I, I did that for some time, and it's very stressful. Um, so typically, I think project managers or producers, in the uh, French sense, uh, uh, as I explained earlier. Is 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 fits more a permanent role in a company? I think. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's very good insight, and I think yeah, it d depends a lot on case to case. Um, but I think it's good to talk about the thought process behind it because then people can take the and apply this to their own kind of um, situation. Um, and going back to what you were saying about the two spectrums right like where the the feature film where you need to be an artist and in the corporate where you have to be a bit more like a businessman and it's not so important the art um yeah many people don't like to go to this corporate because they feel that they can be creative enough uh, but sometimes they ended up doing it because um yeah there is consistent money because there are many many companies there and they need content and they have the money to pay so how do you see this like compromise between kind of stability and making things for the money and this artistic part that comes with creating motion pictures in the end well to be honest i think it's a very personal question um, it depends on you on your personality um, and having said that I don't want to 
you know, sound like things are so, um, you know, static. Uh, this is also something that ev evolves with time. When I started my career, my journey, um, I was definitely more on the, you know, managing slash business side of the uh, industry. And I was um, managing a small company, managing projects. And I filmed and edited, like, really not a lot. And the projects we were working on had, like, I, I would say, like, a strong artistic dimension, short movies, music videos. And that was the job of directors and our artistic directors or uh, a DOP, for example, on, on the shoot. Um, and, of course, if you work more on like corporate content you don't necessarily need a dop for example and one person can take care of the camera and the sound at the same time because the the level of the, the production value is not as high the artistic um, um, uh, expectation is also not as high um, and i cannot like advise or say well that kind of content is better than this one it's just two different types of content and maybe if, if you feel strongly that you can only uh, uh, thrive in a very artistic um, environment, then maybe feature movies or documentaries or uh, music videos are made for you. If you feel like you can be happy with a, a bit more balanced uh, you know, uh, role between the management and the business side and the artistic side, then maybe commercials uh, are okay for you because it, you know, it's like, uh, I would say like a bit more balanced. And if you're totally fine, like me, uh, working on corporate content because you think actually the artistic dimension is not as important as the content itself uh, in its editorial dimension, um, then this is the type of content you, you, you might be happy with. On my side, as I said at the beginning, when I was a teenager, I was really interested in journalism and, and I think I still have that in me and like any type of content where you, where you can learn something um, is like um, makes me excited, you know, uh, and I love to work on corporate films or educational videos, whatever the topic is where you learn something. And of course, the artistic uh, dimension of those, you know, films is not as important as uh, detailed as a as a feature movie but the content itself what you're going to learn out of it is yeah no i i love this separation um you made and i think this can help many people understand also which direction to go because as you said like you're very much like on the journalistic side um, and you like more about the content than kind of having super nice looks because you want to focus on what people are sharing basically in it and I, I think like if you're in this more journalistic but you really like the artist you can go in the documentary filmmaking you know so i think it's you have to find out a balance of how much of an artist and how much of um, um, video maker or filmmaker you do so it's more like what is that you wanna convey right is is it the learning is it the learning but with a very artistic and you can go to documentaries or you want to convey this very deep 
um, psychological kind of messages that movies do, right? Um, and then you can go to script write, and if you want to look nice, you can go to DOP. So yeah, um, I think there is so many possibilities. Exactly, in, in the I, I, I s really see it as a as a scale, and because in my journey, I I, I try like different you know like points on that scale. I feel really comfortable now after more than 15 years in the industry saying, okay, I, I think I found the point on the scale that makes me happy uh, from a, like purely intellectual, artistic, you know, dimension, but also uh, in terms of uh, the lifestyle and the life I want to have and the money I can earn and like all of these, I found it, but it took me a while. And for some people it takes... I don't know, three years maybe, and they, they know exactly what they want to do and they go, you know, straight. S for some people, it might take even longer, but I really want to insist on that. It's also it's also something that is not static. Um, I was very happy at some point when I started um, like th this like phase of my career where I was working on TV projects. Th this is really what I wanted to do at that time. I wanted to have that experience. And I was very happy. And then three years later, I was almost burned out. So it changed and then it evolved. And now I'm ha what, am I, what I'm doing today makes me very happy. Maybe in five or 10 years, it will be very different. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's really a question of personality. And it takes, it takes time. It takes a bit of uh, introspection work. But you have it's on you. No, nobody's going to tell you what to do. Yeah, I love, I love it. I think the message we can take it from there is that it's very important to to experiment also with different things because uh, many times if you can think of um, saying like, oh, I really want to be a DP or a director because I think I'm an artist, but many people don't know how much effort and how much dedication and how much compromises you need to make because you need to probably work an entire week or months in a similar project, meaning you don't get to see your family very often. You're basically on set for 12 to 14 hours per day for several days. Um, and in the end, they might not have the personality, even though they have this vision of like, oh, it would be really nice. Um, so I think it's, it's very important like, to let people know that you, you might need to experiment in a few different things because... Mm -hmm. The idea you have of something and what the something actually means can be very different in the end. And you might or might not fit and you might find happiness in something that you thought you might not fit. And maybe you find that it's hell in something that you would love to do, right? Exactly. That's what happened to me with the, 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 the working for like the TV market. Um, I had a, a beautiful idea. Um, my vision of it was like really you know like positive and uh ideal and i realized that it was not so much for me yeah and i think this is also changes a lot when your life uh, i think like now um that you're a parent you wouldn't be able to do a line producer work for too long and stay long hours out from from the family right so how does it change like how did it change for you, for example, being young and full of energy and now with so I'm much... still young. Yeah, no, I mean <laughs> young, like 20 years, like young, very young. We are all very young here. Like <laughs> um, but, it, you know, like meaning this teenager, like almost like teenager, early 20s, 
um, because I'm sure we are still young, but we are not so much energetic as we <laughs> were in the 20s. For I sure. think all of us can tell that. For sure. Um, well, I, I mean, that's the, I would say, like, beauty of life. Like, when you're young, you're full of energy, and you can um, kind of, like, burn a lot of calories without, you know, thinking about it too much. And that's the perfect time to experience um, pretty much everything you can. Uh, and, and that's how you build your own, you know, journey. And progressively, I think you start with, like, a lot of options. You try things. And you narrow, you know, the options down progressively. It's like, oh, th this I tried, I didn't like it so much. This I tried, it's cool, but it doesn't, you know, uh, bring any money on the table. So it's like impossible. And then, yeah, year after year, project after project, I think you start to find your own path. And that's the uh, beauty of it because it comes, as you said, when you start to really find it, it comes at a time where you don't have so much energy anymore. But you don't have to spend that much energy because you kind of found your way. Yeah, perfect. Um, moving to the next question, like one thing now, um, oh, be before I talk, I, I, I was going to ask what's your drink client and, and like going more on, on the like your audience now. Um, but before I go there, um, I want to go back on the thing of balancing of the artistry and not like more business because I think like it's fair to say as well that I'm also uh, I produce also videos for companies and I work with a lot of the startup and one thing that I find fascinated first I have a um, kind of a technical background like I, um, my my university I did also mechatronics engineering so it's very like tech based you know so I never lost this, as you said, this interesting for, for technology and innovation and everything. And for me, what I like most working with video today is that I get to experience so many different business and I get to know so many different things going on and I can help them uh, convey some message that they want to uh, their audience. And, and it's fascinating to me to see how many different audiences, how many different like bubbles there are out there, you know, and how, how it's like fascinating how much innovation technology is doing. And I think this goes more on the, the kind of journalistic kind of thing that this might be very interesting for so many people. They want to know more about a specific industry. If you make videos around a topic, you're going to find out everything about the topic not because you're studying it but because you're filming people that actually are kind of experts in their area and you you're there listening in the interviews you're listening what they want to have and you're trying to cut like the best parts and understand what their clients like expect to be like the highlight and everything so i guess there is a lot of learning as well and for me that i'm always fascinated on like constant learning I think this, even though it's not much artistic, I'm not learning a lot on the artistic side. And I'm not really learning a lot on the video side per se, you know, but I'm learning a lot about the world and like more specific on this tech and innovation. And I did a lot um, work with also um, brands related to the SDGs, for example, the Sustainable Development Goals. And that for me was like fascinating. I was like, 
There is so many people, though, is so many good things in the world that I didn't know about it. But because I'm making videos, I get to meet these people and I get to meet these projects, right? So I just want to shed a light also on this part. And I, I wanted to get your thoughts, like, is this something that kind of compensates for you on the more, uh, I'm doing a film, I'm a filmmaker, but I'm not doing this traditional film. It, this brings in some like more meaning in the in the work that you do. How is it your feeling about it? Yeah, I think uh, well today I'm I'm very comfortable with it. Um, I think uh, at some point in in my journey, I was probably asking myself, oh, like, isn't this type of content not artistic enough? It's not really cool. It's not really um, demanding in terms of you know technical skills and artistic skills. Um, and I think, yeah, there, there, there was a time where I was um, not comfortable with that. But I, as you said, like I, I learned uh, and I realized at some point that the other dimension of a, of a given, you know, video content, um, the story, the information, what you learn out of it, uh, the people you meet in the process, whether it's for an interview of an expert in, in this or that field or just like the the company behind a product uh, or the product itself, you learn so many things that I don't know if it compensates because uh, I don't know if you can put that on the same, you know, on a scale as like, oh, the artistic dimension, the editorial or journalistic dimension. Um, it's just that I'm fine um, having this like content, story, journalism dimension being like much stronger than the artistic one. Um, it's okay for me. It, 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 it like fits my own personality, my, my own desires. And for someone else, it would be completely, completely different. Uh, but it's fine. It's for another person, another personality. Someone would need to, to work like purely on the, um, I don't know, like getting the most beautiful possible image on a, 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 on a given, you know, like, I don't know, commercial, for example, um, and I don't think one is better than the other. It's just two different approaches. It's the same mean. It's like video, uh, same resource, but you use it in a different way. And I have um, absolutely no problem with that, saying, hey, I'm working more on the corporate and journalistic side of things. Uh, it doesn't mean that my videos look like shit. They still need to be, you know, to look clean, to look... Uh, uh, nice and to be pleasant to watch but for the people who watch it the most important thing is that they learn something out of it uh, they would not learn it um, that well if they were looking at something that looks horrible or th the sound is horrible so this part has to be clean and professional and polished but the most important aspect is the messages you and the information you get out of it Nice, perfect. I think this this ties nicely in the the next questions that mm -hmm. I had is basically um, if you have any kind of dream client and dream project, kind of not using like a specific client, but could be like, oh, it's a very like I would love to make a video for like a big tech company that allow me to do this and be more in this format. You know, do you have some like you know kind of dream project? that you would love to to take on? Um, well, today, so with this uh, new business,
business. I'm I'm developing uh, and I'm focusing on the tech industry, um, on corporate and educational content. I think I don't know. If there's like only one, but an example that the first one that comes to my mind is working maybe on a, for example, on a series of masterclasses uh, with experts in their field um, for a big tech company, for example. I don't want to name in, in any company because then like people are going to, ah, no, I don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't, it's not the question. It's just like something where I will personally learn a lot. I'm sure that the audience will also learn a lot because it comes from, you know, like the, like the top minds in, in their field. Uh, it's still for tech companies. So that means there's also at least a bit of budget so you can do things in a nice way and have good equipment and have and make it look and sound nice on top of being super interesting. Um, and so I can live out of it too. Like I can like uh, make a living out of this. So that's one example, for example. Yeah, no, I love this example because um, Masterclass, the business, like the brand, I just love their videos. Mm. I, I think like this is so polished and I don't know how they get these exactly. so many experts. Like I, I haven't bought it yet because I have so many subscriptions. I don't want to add one more and not use it or anything. But I, I'm so intrigued. It all looks so good and the people they bring in, it's like crazy. So I can definitely see like doing something like this in the tech industry could be something nice. And yeah, some one one thing that came to mind, I don't know if you know the company Honeypot, mm -hmm. like these developers um, kind of hiring. They do very, very nice documentaries. I saw the View documentary. They just li launched the React documentary like a few weeks ago. And I just like, wow, like this is a tech company. But when I watch it, it feels like I'm watching, um, yeah, like film festival documentary. But it's just about very specific things for developers. <laughs> it's funny because me, I, I also study web development. So like when I see this, I'm like, wow, these two words, I never thought they could like come nicely together. And so I can definitely see like this this project that you're talking about and, and and I think it could be something very very nice for everybody you know yeah. because you bring interest and I think that's the thing when you get and do a documentary about react that is super like well produced people that have no interest in the web developing can actually sit and watch there and be entertained and learn something even though they have no interest whatsoever in being web developers right so I think this can yeah, it can bring like eyeballs and bring interest in a topic. Um, and I think like now my dream kind of thing would be similar of this like documentary, but for NGOs where you can ha shed the light on how people are helping, I don't know, get clean water in Africa. And if you can do that in a very well-produced way where people are actually entertained and they enjoy it like a movie and then you get this message that can help so many lives that was like wow crazy so that's i can the, yeah that's the like the probably the 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 best of the best in in, in that sense but i i think the, the two examples you gave are really good masterclass like the the company masterclass that does masterclasses um i i, I saw a few ones like uh, i think i was amazed by the trailer some of the trailers they they, they show on their youtube channel or their website that really shows that 
uh, a video content that is more focusing on uh, bringing information, teaching something to the audience can also look and sound amazing. That's one thing. And the other example, Honeypot, it's funny because one of the co-founders is a friend of mine and that's a conversation we had like uh, several times and, and like um, being a tech company, working with something really almost niche in a way. It's like, you know, this platform for like hiring um, uh, tech profiles doesn't mean that your website must be full of only technical things. And I think that's probably the main reason why they stood out uh, from the competition as, as a company uh, is because or thanks to those documentaries that are super well produced where you learn a lot of things about something, um, topics that you don't really um, uh, uh, learn about. Like, like someone like me who's not a, a techie at all. I don't know anything about development, coding and everything. But I was able to watch those, those documentaries, learn something out of it and find it super cool. Yeah, perfect. Um, Olivia, I would love to even talk even more, but we are already approaching almost an hour. Oh, so wow, I think okay. we, have, um, we have to slowly come, come to an end. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, I wanted to thank you for such a nice chat. Um, two things. Um, first, where people can find you, um, yeah, give you some information if they want to connect, if they want to like, um, yeah, talk more about something, where people can find you. Um, there's a website, uh, a, a simple, you know, like showcase uh, website, uh, which is called thegoodangle.com, uh, as, 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 you, as you write it, basically. Uh, otherwise, I don't know if like there's like some links that you can add to the podcast. Yeah, we will add all the all the links uh, in okay. the show notes. Um. But yeah, uh, like the easiest way, thegoodangle.com. Perfect. Thank you very very much for all the insights. I think there were very useful insights, especially for people trying to find their um, middle ground of like the passion and profitable thing. I think. Many people will have a lot to, to take from, from this conversation. So once again, thank you very much for coming in the podcast. That's it for this episode then, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. Until the next one. And until then, keep creating.